The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Everybody and welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One as we are officially in UFC 259 Fight Week. But before we officially turn the page to the UFC's first of two pay-per-view offerings for the month of March, let us answer the what's next questions for the notable names coming out of UFC Vegas 20 this past Saturday night. And joining me as always on this adventure, the co-host, the co-matchmaker, the best friend, and the Prince of Positivity himself, Mr. Alexander K. Lee. How's Canada, buddy? How are you? My best friend. If Canada is great. Uh, it's it's cold. Not as cold as it could be. Uh, but, I mean, it's Canada. What else do you expect? So it's it's normal up here, in other words. But, uh, no, it's great. Uh, it, it, I don't know how I feel after last night's nine-fight, one-draw card. Especially from a matchmaking perspective. I guess, I guess we'll, you know... We'll work it out over the next hour or so and, and figure out how to how to deal. But what a that was a strange one, a strange one last night. Yeah, I don't really know what to say. Um, <laughs> I still have fun making these matchups. Uh, some of them were a lot of fun. Some were easy. Some were hard. But uh, later on in the program, we will get to your submissions, the listeners via Twitter, email, and yes, AK even Instagram DMs. Even in my Instagram DMs. I'm trying, folks. I made a promise. I'm doing the best I can, all right? But you're going to hear those submissions later on in the show. But we will kick things off with the main event of the evening in the UFC's heavyweight division. Jarzinia Rosenstrike took on the surging Cyril Gaon. And in the end, the surging prospect continues to... Well, Surge, AK, earns a unanimous decision win. Won all five rounds rather easily. It wasn't one of those performances that... You know, we're going to remember for years to come, but 
I guarantee you Cyril Ghosn could give a rat's patoot what anybody else thinks. He got two paychecks. He's 8-0. And he's pun intended on to the next one. So, AK, what do we do? Because it seems like there's two options for him, right? One is Derek Lewis. That's what pretty much everybody expected the prize to be in this fight. The other is Alexander Volkov, who just got a big win in his own right not long ago in a main event spot. And let's be honest, he did it in a much more impactful way than Cyril Ghosn did. So where does he, where does Cyril Ghosn go from Saturday night? Is it one of those two options, or are you thinking crazy here? No, it's Alexander Volkov. I'm, not, I'm only thinking one option. I don't even love the Derek Lewis. <laughs> I don't hate the Derek Lewis option. I we I know we said on last uh, last week's podcast episode that like h- how much this fight would affect you know matchmaking outside of the Miocic uh, and Ganu Jones triangle that he's to sort himself out. But no, I, I I remember when Volkov won, I had pegged this uh, matchup as the the one that would decide his next opponent. I'm sticking with it. I saw nothing that happened last night and that's happened in the heavyweight division since to make me think otherwise. I love the matchup. I still think Volkov has the potential to be a, a world title contender. Uh, I would not. I mean, I'm sure Gon would be favored, but I would not be shocked at all if Volkov beat him. Uh, I, and, and obviously, I'm very high in the Gon train. I think he's not only a contender, I think he could actually be the champion someday. So um, that's a fight I'd love to see now. It certainly, again, if Gon becomes a champion, it could happen down the road. But uh, no, now's the time. There's other people that are tied up. And I'm still on the Lewis versus Overeem train. That's the thing. I think we've mentioned on multiple episodes. Want to see Derek Lewis and Alistair Overeem. So I'm not I'm not breaking that one up. So Alexander Volkov, really the only option for me. The sport is so interesting and the show is so interesting because things can change on a weekly basis. Like something happens and you're like, eh, maybe last week I said this, but maybe it's this. But if we're saying it's a choice between Lewis and Volkov, I I truly think Lewis was the prize. Like, I think the plan was the winner of this fight is going to fight Derek Lewis. But I think most people expected the fight to go a certain way in terms of entertainment value. And uh, listen, I am not here pooping on Cyril Ghosn. I would never do that. I thought he fought a very smart fight. He did what he needed to do to win. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. But if we're comparing the two, where are we going? It's the latter for me. It's Alexander Volkov. I, 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 I think we have Stipe. We got Nganu. We got John Jones, and then Derek Lewis is right there behind Jones. And then there's everybody else after that, in my opinion. I think Derek's place as the sort of the on-deck contender behind John Jones, it remains, and it is his alone right now. Gone versus Volkov is the fight to make. The winner gets on that level with Derek Lewis, where he's at right now. I think Gone got a dominant win. He won every round. He won pretty much every second of every round. But it just wasn't the sort of star-making performance that... Most people and probably Dana White in the UFC were hoping for from him. So it just wasn't. But again, he's still a little green. He's only 8-0. And while he doesn't gain the immediate spoils from the moment, we talked about this with Sarah Kaufman on the post-fight show, he got a lot of experience in that octagon. He went the full 25. And I think that experience will pay off in the long run, in my opinion, more than if he went in there and knocked Jarzinho in the first two minutes of the fight. So yeah, Gon versus Volkov, pretty damn good consolation prize, AK. Yeah, and people, please check out Tanner Bozer's uh, take on the situation. Our, our our own Canadian, our own Canadian heavyweight Tanner Bozer, who tweeted very shortly after. Uh, I, I won't read it verbatim, but it's something to the effect of like, just a fe- just saying, why are people criticizing Gone? It's crazy. It's, he's winning the fight. Why would he take a risk? And then uh, you can also check his replies. He has some very amusing replies to uh, incredulous fans who don't seem to understand his point. One of them was like, oh, you need to find another job. You're just in it for the money. And I think uh, Bozer replied like, yes, how, how silly of me. 
how silly of me to have a job and want to get uh, paid for it and compensated for it. Yes, I'm, I'm a fool. So uh, yeah, Tanner Bowser with a great take on it. And, and again, I, I don't think the uproar is that bad. I think most people are kind of disappointed just in the fight as it was. Maybe there's even more criticism uh, of Rosenstruck than there is of Gon. Uh, again, it's hard to gauge with social media. Uh, and that's and that's more than fair. But uh, yeah, Gon did what he had to do. And as you said, very valuable learning experience for a guy. And his, his eighth pro fight, guys, eighth pro fight is is not a lot. I know heavyweights move up the rankings fast. That's really not a lot. So, uh, Mike, I would ask if it was possible. And I know we said Curtis Blades should take some time off after that knockout, at least six months. We don't we don't want to see him rush back into the cage at all. There's really no reason to. And for some reason, he uh, he's suspended until I think mandatory until April. If for some reason he came back, let's say, and wanted to fight in, in uh, May or June in the summer, and that was offered to Gon. If you're gone, is that one you're you're chopping at the bit for? Because he is higher ranked than Volkov, and oh, obviously not Lewis, but he is higher ranked than Volkov. Would you? What do you think? Do you think? Do you think Gon would be like, yeah, I'm going to jump at that? It, it, very, it would be the biggest stylistic challenge for him yet. I think. I think he would. I mean, I think he would take it. Just because yeah. he's a no, and it depends on the spot and the money. But I. But think, you wouldn't campaign for it if you were him and his team. You wouldn't be like poking at the UFC, like, "Hey, what's going on with Curtis Blades?" Can we? Um, probably not. I mm. mean, you could probably find ways to make it look good. Like maybe they see the knockout as a way to like get the low hanging fruit, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think that's a really tough matchup for him, especially if Blades gets going with the takedowns early. Gon's very good on the ground. He's well. He's well rounded. But I mean, Curtis Blades has put many of well-rounded heavyweights on their backs and kept them there for the entirety of the fight. So I would say if we're looking between Lewis, Volkov, and Blades, Blades is clearly option C. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, I, I know we're not going to like go into this like full-on, but I know the readers and the listeners suggested this, but I, I do want to talk about Jarzinho Rosenstrike because obviously it was a tough night for him. He just couldn't get anything going. And in my eyes, AK, he's going to have to take a... a a bit of a hit from this one, unfortunately. I, I mean, I saw Curtis Blades' name, the aforementioned Curtis Blades, that mm-hmm. name being thrown around as an option for Jarzinho, and I don't love that idea. I think I think Blades is a massive favorite in that fight. I just don't like it for Jarzinho. I'm, I'm not going anywhere near that if I'm him. So there's two options for me. One, you do the rematch with Overeem, and Jarzinho is not in a position to say no at this point. And he'd still have the confidence to go back in there and fight him because he beat him before. And Overeem would obviously like it because he can try to get that one back. And if that wants to be like his final fight, I want to try to avenge this crazy loss that I had in my, you know, the recent past in my UFC career. Sure, I think people would, would be okay with that. The other, the other option, and this kind of changes things up from last week's show... I think there's an argument to be made for Tom Aspinall getting that opportunity to fight a top 10 guy. Throw him in there. Let's see what happens. There's upside all over that guy. And I think there's some upside still with Jarzinho. So, and I know we were kind of like, oh, how could you do Aspinall versus, uh, versus Chris Dacus, two up-and-coming heavyweights that are trying to get to the belt. But I think this is a different scenario. I kind of want to see it. I think Aspinall deserves an opportunity like that. And Jarzinho... Kind of laid an egg on Saturday. I'm not trying to be a jerk, but he kind of laid an egg. He just couldn't get anything going. I think you throw him in there with Aspinall, who's going to make sh- damn sure he's going to, he's not going to have a performance like that. He's going to be in his face and attacking at all time. But those are kind of my two options for for Jarzinho taking a look at it. AK, what are you, what are your thoughts on that? That'd be that'd be a huge step up for uh, Aspinall. I have Aspinall still outside still outside my top fifteen, um, and I have Rosenstruck at sixth. 
uh, include which includes my rankings include the champions. So if you want to go to the UFC style and take out the champion, I have Jairzinho uh, fifth. But uh, I don't mind it. It's if I'm Rosenstruck's team, I'm very careful about how I handle his next one. Again, we you know we we sort of said with Gon like I don't think most of these guys usually don't say no, or at least they know they're not in a position to say no. So you know if Aspinall came his way, he'd say yes. Obviously if Overing came his way, he'd say yes. Um, but if I'm his team, I'm definitely doing some some selective campaigning. Uh, I don't know. I honestly, I don't know. What's next. It's a very it's very wide open, like you said. There's there's uh, if he could if he could fight over him and beat him again, that'd be nice. To certain certainly wouldn't hurt him. Uh, if he could knock off a prospect in Aspinall, that'd be that'd be really good for him. Uh, but it just seems like everyone in that range that we're talking about is really dangerous. And uh, Rosenstruck has Rosenstruck has a lot of proving to do. He's that's two of three now. Two losses in two of his last three. Fair or not, that's how the breakers are going to do this. Uh, and one of them was a 20-second knockout. One of them was a lackluster decision loss. So, yeah, his standing as far as being a, a future contender, monster hit. Uh, and again, and there's nothing wrong with that. You can have a long career in the UFC and not be a contender. But it, it is uh, a big contrast from where he was, say, 18 months ago, where we, we, we all assumed, like, oh, yeah, he's one, one win away, one big win away from maybe a title shot. Now it's like two, three, who knows, depending, depending who he fights, who he beats. Um, so, yeah, I think if I'm his team, I'm, I'm real careful with, with uh, the discussions I have with matchmakers. Co-main event, Magomed Ankalaev gets a unanimous decision win over Nikita Krylov. Most expected this fight to end with violence. It was one of those fights where, like, you tweeted out into the world and the MMA gods just kind of laughed at you. But at the same time, very strategic, very smart game plan from Ankalaev, especially in the final 10 minutes, showing that I'm... You know, I'm not just the kind of guy that goes in there and slugs it out for 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 as long as the fight lasts. I can go in there and and peel off those layers, and that's what he did on Saturday. And uh, he's about to be a top ten guy. AK, what do you what do you see next for Mr. Ankalaev? Ah, this is another lock for me. I, there there is there is another uh, good option, but for me, the lock it's got to be the the Anthony Smith uh, Jim Jimmy Crute winner. Uh, they fight on April 24th. It's got to be. It's got to be. I think uh, that that for one is matchup to show and uh how much does anthony smith have left as far as being a top 10 guy uh, is and is jimmy crude a top 10 guy I, I certainly think he is but that's why that's why they make that fight that's a perfect piece of matchmaking there uh by the ufc team and uh and ankalaev again i feel as a top 10 uh i think he do i have him? let me see do i have him top 10 now ankalaev I, I have him in the top 10 he took a uh, krilov spot obviously and i think he's a top five talent and i'd love to see him get a chance to prove that against uh you know, whoever comes out of that Smith accrued fight. So for me, that to me is the easy pick. Uh, I want to hear what you say for, I'll have some, I have one alternative, but I do want to hear what you have to say first. Yeah. I mean, we we talked about this in the post fight show. I actually think it in a tremendous spot right now because he's going to be the Mm. number eight guy come Tuesday. And there's a lot of everybody in the top six is booked right now, every single fighter. And some are in pretty important fights and in big spots. He's right there. He's right there to, to, to slide right in there if something falls out. If everything just kind of plays out the way it's supposed to right now, I like the Volkan Ozdemir fight. He's number seven. He's the, the highest-ranked guy ahead of him that isn't booked right now. It seems like the right place to go. And, again, he could always just stay ready in case someone falls out. But, you know, I'm okay with him fighting a former title challenger in Volkan Ozdemir. It seems like a good next step and kind of see how the rest of the vision plays out. Yeah, I like the matchup. I I I hate that. Uh, hate strong word. I don't like. I don't hate anything. You know, on the point of positivity, <laughs> yeah. I don't hate anything. I I find it unfortunate. There you go. I find it unfortunate that Usner has kind of become a high, very very high level gatekeeper, a gatekeeper to the top five. So it's weird. It's you know we say gatekeeper, we usually mean like to the top twenty, top fifteen. He's kind of a gatekeeper to the top five, 
Um, it just feels because I feel like on a lot of these shows, not just yourself, but a lot of the readers, I see Uzdemir's name almost always come up when another kind of younger light heavyweight's coming up uh, towards the top ten, and like Uzdemir's like the first name. Oh, there's a perfect guy to test him, and I'm like, he's not that far removed from fighting for a title himself, but it is, it is unfortunate that since then he's lost a lot of uh, fights that could have gotten back into contention. He's certainly respected and well recognized as being dangerous, and he's definitely the right test for Ankh Alive at this point in his career. But I just, yeah, I just find it so strange that he's already, uh, I think he's only like two, like three years into his UFC career. I guess that's a lot these days. Um, he's already kind of this top five gatekeeper. But there's worse things to be, I guess. He's all. He's also, and listen, I'm not a fighter, so I'm not here to judge. He's also like the least active guy in the mm-hmm. division. You know what I mean? Like Anthony Smith has probably fought like three or four times since Volkan Ozdemir fought Yuri Prohashka. You know what I mean? And Prohashka hasn't fought since then either, but he's also been booked to fight Dominic Reyes on multiple different dates. And from what he was telling me in our conversation on what the heck, there were lots of fights offered that he said yes to. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's when you're not booking fights and getting them on the books and like it was a vicious knockout to Prohashka. So I'm not like against him taking time, but I think that's kind of why Ozdemir is such a popular selection in these cases, because mm-hmm. he's ranked in the top 10 and doesn't have anything booked, so he's right there. Yep. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. One fight on the main card that is being delegated to wildcard status 
is Montana De La Rosa versus Myra Bueno Silva. Fight ends in a draw, and according to the unwritten rules of on to the next one matchmaking, uh, Section A, Narrative X, outside of a main event or a title fight going to a draw, it doesn't get the matchmaking treatment on the program unless, like we just alluded to, it is a wild card selection. So, no offense to the ladies, it was a fun scrap. I would have given them. I would have given them the bonus. Honestly, if we're only giving out three bonuses, I would have just given a, a second fight of the night to those two ladies. We will uh, go ahead and skip that one and move on to the aftermath of a very. Let, let exciting, me say, I, oh, go ahead. Yes, let me say, I think Silva won that fight. That it is such a shame that it's just instinctively, you know, she's getting taken down and just grabs the fence. You know, you're getting taken down. It's, every time I see a fighter grab the fence, I think one, I think that it should always be a point. And two, I think it's like one of the hardest fouls to avoid. Look, maybe some of these people are deliberately cheating, but it's like when you're falling, <clears throat> this isn't even just fighters in life. When you're falling, you reach out to grab something. You reach out to grab something. That is your instinct, right? And I, I imagine even in a, in a fight, that's probably even more of an instinct because, you know, when you get taken down, you're not just falling. You're getting taken down. So it's about to beat the crap out of you. Uh, so uh, so I'm not making an excuse for her. I'm just saying it's, it's funny when you think that if she, that had just not happened and she had just been taken down. That she might have been able to, uh, you know, maybe just recover and still win the round. I think on the scorecards, the scorecards were a little screwy. Um, did some people give her the, I think one of the judges gave her the first round. Eric Cologne maybe gave her the first? Eric Cologne's card was a disaster. But uh, anyway, I, I, I would have loved to have match made for uh, Buena Silva. I do think she kind of won the fight. It was a really good scrap. Uh, but it was a try. And as you said, the unofficial, it's like that classic Simpsons episode, Mike, you know, where, where, uh, <laughs> Homer and Flanders, the, uh, the 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 father of the boy who doesn't win. You know, okay, I'm sorry, that's our rule. Right here. <laughs> We're not saying anybody lost. We're not saying anybody lost. We're just saying you didn't win. That's again, that kind of falls under our bylaws. I'm sorry. So <laughs> on to the next. So, ladies, both of you, on to the next one. On to the next one. Uh, and uh, and I expect them both to have because that was they they fought really. It was a really fun fight. Last night. Uh, I just got like flashbacks. The father of the boy who doesn't win. So good. Oh, that's so, so good. good. That is so good. Uh, all three judges actually scored the first two rounds the same. It was Eric Cologne who gave Bueno Silva a 10-8 in the third round. Like, come on, Wilds. dude. Like, I understand, like, maybe in your mind, you're like, Silva deserves to win, so I'm just yeah. going to give her a 10-8. Like, outside of that. You can't do that. You can't, And you can't even do that. But you can't do that. Any other reason is egregious. Absolutely ridiculous to, to even put that on paper, yeah. but it is what it is. Uh, Silva, yeah. don't grab the fence, and you would have got a victory. But let's talk about Pedro Munoz, who did get a victory over Jimmy Rivera, the rematch. He has avenged the loss. The calf kicks were absolutely brutal from bell to bell. Great bounce-back performance from Pedro Munoz. Snaps a two-fight skid and gets on the mic and does what Bantamweights like to do inside the top 10 AK. Calls for TJ Dillashaw. Does he get his wish, or do you see something else for the young punisher? Uh, I think it's funny, you know, this show, sometimes we do what we think will happen, what we want to happen. I think if we, if we were going what I, if we were going with what I want to happen, I'm still not sure I would go the Dillashaw. I think I've, we've, I've named Dillashaw for a bunch of people. Um, and I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's a bad matchup with Munoz. There's just some other fun matchups I'd like to see. So I leaned more towards a rematch with Rob Font. Uh, this was a, a Difficult pick first because I remember uh, I've definitely previously said I wanted Font to fight the um, Sanhagen Edgar winner. That seemed very logical to me until Sanhagen just obliterated Edgar, and I apparently completely forgot about the Font <laughs> Font Sanhagen match that I wanted. Uh, and look, and, and for good reason, I think Sanhagen has earned the the number one contender spot. So I I don't think he needs to face another tough opponent in Rob Font. So yeah, I don't mind the Munoz rematch. Uh, they fought 
three over three years ago now, uh, uh, and and Munoz took Font out pretty quickly. I think Font's a very different fighter since then. I'd love to see Font get a chance to run that one back. Um, so yeah, back to back rematches for uh, Pedro Munoz in my book. That was a popular choice. Poor Rob Font. I mean, the guy is a top three fighter, and now he's like he's there. He finally gets like to be the hunted. Or uh, even the hunter in his position. And now everyone wants to see him drop back like five or six spots to fight Pedro Munoz. It's like, what a wild sport we live in. But uh, in terms of the Dillashaw callout, I'd like to see it. Like, it'd be fun. But it, unfortunately, it's just not there for him yet. And it's hard to justify giving Munoz that fight as much as we would like to see it from a stylistic perspective over a guy like Corey Sandhagen who wants it and Rob Font who wants it. It just doesn't work. And while you're ready to give Mr. Munoz a big jump up in the rankings, I'm unfortunately going to have to come at it from a different angle because I think he's going to have to fight backwards and I think he's going to have to fight a rising contender. And then if he gets a victory, then maybe you can give him one of those big fights. (sighs) Sorry, Pedro. I'm very sorry to say this out loud into a loud microphone. Mike, no. The fight is Marab Dwalishvili. No, oh no. It's the fight. I'm sorry. And if Munoz beats Marab and stops that train, call for Dillashaw, call for Font. It's yours, buddy. It's yours. But unfortunately, you've lost your last two fights. It is on paper. They're losses. They're losses. The Sterling fight was a fun fight, but Sterling clearly won. I understand the, the Edgar fight was a little bit controversial. A lot of people scored that for Pedro Munoz, and I get that. But if you go out and beat Marab, like you get, this isn't just like fighting back a couple of spots. Like you get immediate respect. You get that momentum. It's a <laughs> statement if you beat a guy like Marab. Unfortunately, I think he's in a he's just in a tough spot in a in a crazy division. AK, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Pedro. I'm sorry. But I think I think this is what we're gonna have to do. Someone has to fight Marab at some point. I, it's not, someone. No, I look. Nobody wants to fight this guy. He's he's been at such an absolute just beast in his last his like the five fight win streak. It's like, and he's not just it's the way it's the way he's beating people. He's really ragdolling guys. And like I can't I just don't know anyone who would want to even call I don't think anyone's called him out. Am I wrong? Has someone has anyone called him out? Pedro? No, uh, um, called Mirab. Has anyone called Mirab Devalish really out? Um I was, uh, other than Cody Stamen. That's yeah, it. he'll call any, he'll call anybody, so. Uh yeah, that's about it. gosh, why would anybody call Mirab Devalish really out? Yeah, but look, you're right. Someone's gonna fight him at some point. I I, I, lo- I like all these guys in the top fifteen of Bantamweight. I can't protect them all. Maybe it's Pedro. Maybe yeah. Pedro's gotta be the guy to test him. Main card opener, we saw Alex Caceres pick up his fourth straight win. Fun scrap against Kevin Kroom. Caceres gets it done. Showed the octagon experience. And another victory on the resume. He wants a top 15 guy, AK. I'm here to say, I'm in. I'm in. But it's not going to be easy. It's going to be another prospect. Alex Caceres versus Mavzar Evloyev. Mm -hmm. The number 15th ranked Mavzar Evloyev. Give him another vet test against a guy on a nice winning streak like Alex Caceres. Winner of that, on to, to bigger and brighter. But if you want a top 15 guy, that's the fight. That's the fight to do. What say you? I like it. I actually, Evloyev is not in the top 15 of my rankings. Uh, and neither is, uh, there, he's actually pretty close to where uh, Caceres, where I bumped him up to. So, And that's no disrespect to Evloyev again. Evloyev is another one of those blue chip guys who I'm just like, Nobody, nobody in the top 20 should want to fight. Um, but yes, I, I actually did not realize he was top 15 in the official rankings. No, I went more a veteran status. Uh, and apparently, because I, I, again, I've looked back at my notes and I've wanted this one for a while. 
Uh, Caceres, for, for his 20, what would be his 25th UFC appearance, I want to see him fight Cub Swanson. Uh, Cub Swanson, I do have, so Cub Swanson, I do have, still have ranked pretty highly. People might say I'm crazy, but I mean, uh, account level of competition, he's on a little win streak. I don't think it's wrong at all to keep him ranked in the top 20, or in my case, in the top 15. Uh, so that to me is the top 15 opponent uh, that I think Caceres should have. Uh, I think. Previously, I also thought you know Swanson would be great for Emmett. Emmett, I think we still don't know. I, I mean, I expect him to be back anytime, anytime now from that knee injury. But who knows? Who knows, right? It's, I haven't heard him make any overtures about calling people out or even like any like you know, um, cool, you know, sick Instagram selfie where it's like, oh, I'm ready to get back in action uh, at Dana White at Sean Shelby. I mean, he hasn't even done that yet. So I think he's kind of enjoying his time off, his break, recovering from his injury. So uh, I'm removing Emmett from the equation for now, and I like uh, I like Swanson and Caceres, and and I think Alex Caceres would love that fight. Assuming I, he knows what Cub Swanson is. Yes, he probably knows it. <laughs> he probably knows what Cub right? is. I hope so. I, I would assume so. Yeah, I like that. I like that fight too. Um, yeah, give him, give him, give him a top fifteen or, or, or a guy with a name. I'm, I'm cool with that. Thank you, young man, my child, who's decided now is the time to take his no, bucket of toys that. and dump them all over the floor. So thank you, Grayson. Nobody. Thank you. <laughs> In the middle Nobody of hurts. in the middle of the fastest rising podcast on the MMA Fighting <laughs> Podcasting Network, yeah, I smile. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Cut it, we, post. <laughs> cut it, cut it post. Cut it post. No, we we keep it. We keep it. In the uh, oh. featured, it's 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 real life. You know, real life unfolding before our eyes. Uh, let's talk about the featured preliminary fight. Tiago Moises gets a big win over Alexander Hernandez. He sweeps the scorecards for two of the judges. It was twenty nine twenty eight on the other. Hernandez was not happy about the scoring. Mark Montoya was not happy about the scoring, even went up to Bruce Buffer and the judges and was like, did he read the wrong name? Like, did, did, did he read that wrong? But listen, I watched the fight again this morning. It was the right call. Moises just has such good defense on the feet. Like, well, it looks like Hernandez is landing shots. He's not landing them. He's not hitting Hernandez in the face. He's hitting him in the arms. Like, if this is like big brother stuff, Sucks to be Tiago Moises right now. He's going to bruise all over his arms. But in terms of getting punched in the face, didn't happen very often. Moises landed the more impactful shots. Moises is coming into his own, man. He looks really good, AK. What is next for the 25-year-old Brazilian? Just everything clicking right now. Yeah, uh, all the respect to to Alexander Hernandez. We, we said this that was a big this is a big test for him, and and I still think he did okay. He, Absolutely, he, not beating Moises is not the worst thing. <laughs> Moises is clearly also is a blue chip prospect. I don't I don't people know he's younger. He's three years younger than uh, Hernandez, so it's like he's he's an up and comer in his own right. So it was it was a really strong performance for Hernandez, but one that I think uh, Moises comfortably won. Um, so for Moises, I, I think I'm being a little wishy washy with my picks this week. Uh, a little bit like a little, a lot of wait and see, and and that's okay. I think sometimes that's the right right move to make. So, he won't have to wait long. I think next week's Islam Makachev Judover fight. I think whoever wins that fight, I think you give Moises. I know some people want to see Moises uh, get uh, take a more veteran name, maybe already get someone in the top ten, uh, and that's great. But uh, the lightweight top ten can be a little tricky as far as uh, po- politically speaking. Some of the names that are up there <laughs> waiting waiting for fights or angling for fights. So. Uh, with that, with that said, then I'd say let's just keep things simple. Let's match them up with a with a, someone uh, again, someone from next week, uh, who's still climbing up in their own right. So, very high on Moises. I don't think there's any need to push push him up the rankings too quickly. And I think either him, Makachev, Dober, those guys are all all destined for great things at 155. And uh, and I think we get a natural matchup after next Saturday. This is a this might have been the easiest pick on the card for me outside oh. outside of the main event. 
Because we were asked on the pre-fight show if the winner of this fight should get a top 15 opponent next. And the answer is absolutely. Absolutely, Tiago Moises deserves a top 15 opponent. And the fight I want to see, I want to do Brazilian versus Brazilian AK. ATT versus Fortis MMA. Tiago Moises versus one Carlos Diego Ferreira. And had Hernandez won that fight, I would have done Hernandez versus CDF. So this fight, to me, the winner gets the CDF fight. I think CDF's 12 or 13 right now. That's the fight to make, AK. That's a scrap. I want to see it. Uh, yeah, definitely. No one's going to complain about that matchup. Uh, so, yeah, that, I think that's a name that I've seen a lot of people throwing out there. Uh, other options, I thought, Mike, uh, and only because he mentioned this guy himself. He mentioned Brad Riddell in an interview with our own uh, Guy Cruz. So the winner of Brad Riddell, Gregor Gillespie, that's on March 20th, would be fun. And then I also kind of thought maybe, maybe, and maybe it's because I haven't heard from this guy in a while. And I don't want to see him fight again soon. Maybe Armand Sarukian, but he's probably he probably has passed Sarukian in the prospect rankings right now, and and, and you're right that and it would, maybe would be a step back. So Fajeda would make more sense than Sarukian at this point, I think. Yeah. Uh, so that's that. We're gonna head to the wild card round where we'll each choose a fighter who either won on the prelims, lost on the main card, lost on the prelims, something basically someone we have not match made for yet, and we'll go ho- go ahead and do it right now. So Mr. Lee, your wild card selection coming out of UFC Vegas 20. Well, I hope you picked either uh, De La Rosa or Buena Silva because I didn't. And this is like a this is like a double snubbing. Uh, Mike, if neither of us did. Uh, I did go with one of the women's uh, fighters on the card. I had to go with Canada's own, the pride of Port Colborne, uh, the, the Sarah Kaufman nemesis, Alexis Davis. I was so... Uh, again, for once, I looked smart. I think we on the preview show, I had said I was picking Davis to be Mazo. And for all the reasons that we saw on Saturday, she's just uh, she's a veteran. She has a way of, ma- of mucking things up. I mean, I think in like a, in like a traditional sparring session, I bet Mazo like a competitive sparring. I think Mazo would get the better out better of Alexis Davis like nine times out of ten. But once you get in that cage and you have that experience, Alexis Davis has man, you saw it all there. She she got punched in the face. She has a face that one punch turns it red as a tomato. She ate like. I don't know how many jabs from Mazo. She got hit in the face a lot. And she knew, I'm going to have to do this to close the distance with this rookie. Mazo is ridiculously talented. And again, she's only 23. She has many, many good years ahead of her. But uh, Davis has all the experience, and that, that does great for him. So I, I, I can't wait to see her. And, and I want, but I, I don't know uh, if this return to 135, which I assume she's sticking around there. Uh, she said she's very happy not cutting the weight. Uh, I don't know if this return to 135... Um, how serious of a contender she can be again but she certainly is closer than she would be at 125 so i want to see her face another veteran who's on a win streak uh that i'm still having a little bit of trouble gauging the quality of so i like alexis davis versus penny kianzad i think it's uh so davis just broke a, just broke a losing streak kianzad on a three-fight win streak we mentioned sir on a previous show i think the readers have, have matched her up with people i think they wanted her for uh kunitskaya which i like but after seeing davis i think i think davis kianzad's the, the way to go for those who have been following along on this on to the next one journey over the last this is the 33rd episode of the program you know where i'm going with this you absolutely know where i'm going with this i'm going with ronnie lawrence because he's a bantamweight and we always do this on cards like this when there's a wild card selection ronnie lawrence gets the only finish on the card he deserves a little bit of shine here i boasted about him on the preview and post fight shows goes in there and dominates vince cachero gets the finish in the third round I think he's the real deal, and I want to see what this guy's got. I'm ready to throw him a a pretty good step up. Not a gigantic one. We're not going to get crazy. We're not throwing him in there with Marab. 
Bantamweight's just so, so good right now. So we mentioned Fortis MMA. I want to see what Ronnie Lawrence does against another guy on the come up with excellent wrestling, a guy with knockout power in his hands. Give me Ronnie Lawrence versus Miles Johns, AK. Let's see what this kid's got. That is oh, my pick. It. I love it. That's a great pick. I, and I love it because, let me tell you something, Lawrence's name came up a lot in the reader picks. And the the matchups were all over the place. All <laughs> I don't know if... I maybe people are more like more more familiar with Ryan Lawrence than I was, or they were just so blown away. But they were just up, and uh, I don't know how many bantamweights are there's what like sixty bantamweights, something like that. Like <laughs> anywhere from the range of one to sixty, people were just like throwing Ronnie Lawrence in there. But yes, Miles Johns, I think it's just, I think that's just right, Mike. I, I think I saw some good selections, which I will we will get to in a second. I like Miles Johns. I think I do think that's the right way to go. People, let's 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 uh, treat Ryan Lawrence like what he is a, pro, a very very talented prospect. Yes. No, no, that's not crazy. Ronnie Lawrence is like what 15-year-old Dominic Cruz, TJ Dillashaw, Ooh. and Marab Dawalishvili, like if you molded the three of them Whoa. into one like super 15-year-old, that's what Ronnie Lawrence reminds me of. Like I said, we're trying to temper expectations. Oh, my goodness. 15. They're fi- he's 15. Yeah. Oh. I mean, he's got a lot of room to develop. The talent is there. The, 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 the blueprint is laid out. The foundation has been, has been laid. It's just how you build the rest of the house. And it's a good foundation. When you have a good foundation, the rest kind of takes care of itself. But uh, I'm excited to see what this kid has. The footwork is so fun to watch. He's got that movement. And you didn't even get to see a lot of it on Saturday because... He was just all he did was just keep taking poor Vince Cachero down. Vince Cachero was like scrambling and trying to get up and doing his best, and Ryan Lawrence just wouldn't give him a second to breathe. So I'm excited to see what is next for that guy. What a performance that he stole the show. Um, I don't know if we have a check the tapes, but uh, we do. We have a little bit. Further, I didn't know this. Our, I didn't realize it was our 33rd episode. Uh, so shout outs to uh, Larry Bird. That's right. Obviously, Scotty Pippen, Duval, and uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. What a number! 33. Kareem Abdul, <laughs> Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Scotty Pippen, Larry Bird. Pretty good number. That's right. I don't, I don't know if anyone in the NBA is wearing it right now, but that's a lot of that's a lot of pressure. Shout out to the legends. Um, yeah, we had some check the tapes. We had some. I, I, our, our pal Marcus McGahey shouting at me. Uh, <laughs> he's 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 coming at me on Twitter and email right now. So uh, all right, fine, Marcus. Uh, Marcus, he wanted to make sure he was credited for calling out uh, Sean Strickland versus Christoph Giacco, which happens on May first. So well done, Marcus McGahey. I might have thrown that out there as a possibility for either of them, but I don't remember if I if I actually made that a, a, a an official. O-T-T-N-O pick. Uh, did you... I had this as an alternate. Did you like... Um, but I thought you had made a select this. Uh, Alex Perez's Matt Schnell? Was that one of the... Was that yeah. One you, yeah, you designated that. So there we go, Mike. So I checked the tapes for you. Uh, Alex Perez versus Matt Schnell, now booked for UFC 262 on May 15th. And then uh, we had a trio of championship bouts, which, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's fair to say we checked with that. We called this. I think us and a lot of fans wanted these fights. Uh, Figueredo versus Moreno rematch is now set for UFC 263 on June 12th. That, I mean, and that was set almost in a, way, uh, a rare, in a rare case of Dana. You know, he never makes matches after. I'm pretty sure if I recall, like the press conference, already, he's like, "Yeah, we're we're probably just running that one back." So uh, we all checked check the tapes. Uh, credit check mark for all of us on that one. Uh, Shachenko versus Andrade now set for UFC 261 April 24th. This one wasn't as much. I think. I think. I know you wanted. I think we both wanted it. I know. I know it wasn't the the number necessarily the like the like the automatic choice for a lot of people. I think um, people weren't sure if Andrade the one win was enough, but I think it's the most exciting you can uh, title fight you can make at 125 right now. So, so that that's official. And, and of course, one that uh, we we were all just waiting to become official. Also, UFC 261 
uh, April 24th, uh, Zhang Weili versus uh, Rose Namajunas. So, uh, and we brought that up on our Dream Fights episode, uh, our year end sort of when uh, we, we had no fights at the end of uh, 2021 in December, uh, 2020, excuse me. Uh, I had that as one of my top five championship fights I hope was made in uh, this year. So there it is. I, I think it might have made your list too, Mike. I'm not, yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. So there we go. So some some pretty accurate, pretty accurate tape. Got some pretty accurate tape. This <laughs> hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking from the provocative to the technical we're offering insights you won't want to miss so tune in to the future of work a prop pod special sponsored by canva you can find it on the prop pod wherever you get your podcasts Uh, let's see where, where the peeps are going in terms of their right. matchmaking. Uh, Mike, do you want to go first? What do you want to do? Do you want me, do you want me to rifle off? I got, you know what I mean? I got the, I got the Twitter, I got the email and I got the uh, Instagram. So I don't know how All right, I'll go. Wanna... I'll go first. Cause my list is sure. way shorter than yours. Okay. Uh, let's see. Orn sleepwalker at Orn 83 on Twitter. Is this new guy? New? I think so. Okay. Uh, he said ankle eye versus the winner of Sirkinoff versus span. Uh, he said, and he, oh. I, I, I want to know why I like Orin Sleepwalker because not only does he make the matches, but he gives explanations as to yes, why. We like that, guys. We, uh, like that. we will read your explanations on air. Yes. Circuit off span makes sense ranking wise. Almost everyone above Ankaliyev is already booked. Okay. Uh, Nikita Krylov versus Ozdemir. Okay. It was already scheduled once. Might as well do it now. Gone versus Volkov, as was, quote, decided after Volkov's win over Overeem. Yes. Uh, Rosenstrike versus Blagoy Ivanov. After this lackluster performance, Rosenstrike deserves to get a severely drop down the ladder, but he's still too dangerous to get fed a hot prospect like Dacus or Aspinall. We disagree, uh, but I, Ivanov fits well and comes off of two losses. So I, uh, I'm cool. I'm cool with that. Is, he, is, he, is, Blagoy, is Blagoy not booked? There's no, there's no fight for Blagoy. He was supposed to fight Marcin Tibor, right? I think so. Yeah, that's. And then the fight got to, and Ivanov got injured and is out of the fight now. I'm not gonna lie. For reasons that are known only to me, I keep getting Lagoy, Ivanov, and Augusto Sakai confused. I do not know. There's no good reason for it. They fought. They fought. There we go. But that's about. But before they fought, I was getting them confused. So I, I don't know what's going on. Uh, yeah, that belt was. Oh, he got injured. Yep. Uh, Ivanov got injured. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that belt was okay. Interesting. Uh, what else you got, Mike? Uh, Harper on Instagram. We're going to the DMs now. Harper. Uh, Gone versus hey, Harper. Vol- hey, Harper. Gone versus Volkov. Rosenstrike versus Dacus. Or Rosenstrike versus Sakai. Not sure if Rob would take this fight, but maybe Munoz versus Font 2 or Munoz versus Marais. Munoz versus Marais, I looked at, but then you realize that they're teammates. So not saying that oh. it wouldn't happen, but it would be a fun fight. Uh, <laughs> and then I responded and said... These are good suggestions. We'll read them. And he goes, attaboy, Mike, finally checking your DMs. So thank you, Harper, for uh, <laughs> for your suggestions and your kind words. Uh, Danilo Collins has checked in on Instagram DMs, uh, said, longtime listener, first-time contributor, got some suggestions for the show. Gone versus Volkov, Ankaliyev versus Ozdemir, another Munoz versus Font 2. Uh, ooh, Tiago Moises versus uh, Rafael Faziv. Is actually a yes. pretty popular one as I, well. I saw that. And then uh, last one from a man, John George, uh, Jimmy Rivera versus Ricky Simone. Big body, thirty-five ers always fun. Pedro versus Aldo, 
or a Rob Font rematch would be a great matchup. Rosenstrike versus Chris Dacus and a stand and bang three rounder, and then in another uh, another Fazee versus Moises suggestion wow, as okay. well. So I saw that too. I saw that too. Okay, interesting. And then let me just see. The only other DMs I got was where people like trying to lay out like actual divisions. Like people wanted to reach out and say like, "This is how I'd book the fifty-five division," which doesn't really work and we appreciate that but uh thank you all we turned over to ak where okay. there's much more sure uh well i'll run down some of the quickies uh so off of our site we you know we sometimes tweet out what do, what do people think so here's some of the responses to our uh tweets on mma fighting uh for moises there was a bunch uh mike give me a quick yay or nay i'm just going to run off a few names here based on uh not necessarily if you think it'd be a cool fight because i think these would all be cool fights the likelihood of these happening like anytime this year Okay, uh, so okay, so this is from Moises. Felder? Mm, yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd see it. No, I don't think it happens. But he doesn't, I, I'd see Felder it. doesn't take it. Yeah, yeah, Felder doesn't take that. Uh, Dariush? Same, same, exact same reason. You don't think that happens? Uh, another guy Moises called out before the fight. Uh, Iaquinta. We don't even know. We still don't know what's going on with Iaquinta when he's going to take his next fight. Iaquinta, so like. The only thing Iaquinta said on Twitter last night that I saw was him calling out Hernandez for how he reacted to <laughs> yeah. everything. <laughs> so maybe that's the fight, right? Maybe that's the one. Uh, Dan Hooker. Somewhere down the road. I get same as the other guys. I'd like yeah. to see it, but I don't think it happens. After after the man gets to see his family again first, that's right. important. Jeez Louise. Uh and uh, Tony Ferguson. <laughs> same. I'd like so to see it. I I'm not <laughs> You know these fights happen this year. This year? If ever. Um I would say Ferguson probably won't ever happen. Yeah. Felder probably won't happen. Maybe Hooker. Most likely. Maybe Hooker. Maybe Darius. L- later know. this year. Darius should Darius, have to lose. Yeah, Darius should have to lose his next fight. But I think Fajeda is more 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 likely than Darius, right? I think yeah, um, I think that's the one. And then Munoz, man, if people really want to see, if people like the Dilasha option, and also uh, Aldo. I think Aldo is another name that got thrown out there. So I could see that. Uh, I'll run off quickly. Now, here's a lot of the reader suggestions that were repeated. So here's the most. Ankalaya versus Uzdemir was by far the most popular. Uh, met, was, multiple readers mentioned that one. And then we have Rosenstrick versus Dacus. Uh, Caceres versus Ryan Hall. We can't book fights for Ryan Hall anymore. We love Ryan Hall. I just don't know when this guy's going to be healthy and when the stars are going to align for him to get a matchup. So God, it makes I'll... sense. I love sense. I love that yeah, fight so much. Yeah. But I'm I as much as I love talking about Ryan Hall, I'm almost hesitant to like even fancy matchmaker for him anymore. I uh, this fight I think it would be crazy. I had multiple people mentioned this one as well. Uh Kevin Kroom versus Nate Landwer. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm in. Yeah, I'm, I'm all in on that one. Uh this one I don't know, I'm surprised it was so popular. I guess it's a good thing people are talking about Maxim Grishin after that loss. Uh um, him and Martin Prakniow, sure. Uh I mentioned this what did we say? Munoz. Oh, okay, I said that already. Uh, Munoz, yeah, Munoz Devalish really, it was out there. So yeah, people definitely want to see it. Uh, Rivera versus Chito Vera. Do they have? Do they have some sort? Of, they have some sort of beef. Were they booked to fight before? At least twice. Sort of yeah, and there's a lot of beef there, right? Yeah, I'm surprised that hadn't happened already. I keep thinking it had, but yeah, there's a lot of. I feel like there's a lot of animosity there. Um, oops, geez, that might be the fight. Like I, I yeah. think that's the fight to make now. There's enough heat. There's no like you can't say. Well, I'm like too far ranked ahead of him to make this fight happen. Like Cheeto, you could argue like after the O'Malley win has like a bigger name than Jimmy Rivera right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think it makes sense. Yeah. 
the man who has become the Hamza Shemaev of, of, of uh, the OTTNO bantamweight division, uh, Umar Nurmagomedov, they want to see him fight Ronnie Lawrence. I'm like, what? Okay, but that was, Come on. Uh, that, that, was, that was more than one person. That was more than one person suggested that. Okay, so I'm not just – that's out there apparently. And uh, Dustin Jacoby versus Roma Delice. I just want to put that out there because I don't think we mentioned – I don't think we mentioned Dustin the whole show, really. So um, I like that. Yeah. Jacoby deletes it. I love it. I don't know. You can't. This is an audio podcast, but I'm lifting both hands and feet yeah. in the air yeah. for Jacoby versus Delizze. I love you're that t- idea. You're t- they can't. I, maybe they can sense this over podcast. You're tingling. Right I'm now. Tingling, you're, that's, I see, yeah. You, you're vis- visibly tingling. God, that's a um, good fight. Uh, Instagram DMs. Josh Abukai. He liked Caceres versus Lauren Murphy. Yeah, I'm into that. Uh, Ankalaya versus Johnny Walker. Did they? Walker's hurt. He was supposed to fight. Yeah. He was supposed to fight Jimmy Crute. Right, right. Okay, so that's probably not going to happen. Uh, another matchup I love: Dustin Jacoby versus Khalil Roundtree. I think that makes a lot of sense. And also, did we not mention this? Alexander Hernandez versus Bobby Green. Did neither of us mention this? Have I we didn't. ever mentioned this for Green? I feel like it's come up on a show before. That'd be. I'm, I'm down for that fight. Right? That makes and it makes a lot perfect of- sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense where they are. <laughs> also, two guys who that would be a like that'd be a fight that I think no matter what happened, you'd have one of the guys doing the uh, I can't believe the incredulous decision loss because they're both so they go to the scorecards a lot and and are always busy and uh, competitive, but just have a tendency to lose decisions and look very disappointed about it. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah, I like that. So thank you, Josh Abukai. Jacob Best, our classic Jacob Best, uh, bringing some great suggestions. He wants, uh, well, yeah, he's down for Gon versus Lewis, of course. Sure, they, like we said, possibly the Lewis sweepstakes. Munoz versus Garbrandt, too? Ugh. <laughs> why? For Munoz, why? Um, why well, not? What, was, what would be left? To, it wasn't that long. It was like last year. Oh, two years ago now, but... I think he gains. I think he gains more from that fight than fighting Font again. Does he? Oh God! Garbrandt's a big like Garbrandt's a bigger name. You know what I mean? He it's just him. I know. I don't him. like this. I don't like this at all. But here we are. I did. I I I doubt it happens, but I I get it. I guess. Two years ago now. All right, Jacob Best, you're not completely out to lunch. Moises versus Kutatlatse. What what is with the Kutatlatse? He's obviously good, but he's one and zero. Can't it be throwing him in there with Moises, right? Moises is on a three-fight win streak at lightweight. Kutat Alatze uh, just had surgery as well, okay. so he okay. will not be uh, able to take that fight anytime soon. Uh, Jacob Best says Hernandez versus Moicano, which I would call the battle of the underachievers. <laughs> Sorry, guys. And uh, one of the more realistic suggestions, Ronnie Lawrence, uh, Lawrence is Jose Quinones. So, yeah, I'm okay. That's that's kind of the range I, I'd like to see Lawrence in. Uh, there's a lot more Lawrence coming. Uh, Max Block just wanted to make a joke about uh, last week we talked we made a Ricky Henderson reference and how Ricky always talks about Ricky uh, in the first in the third person which is great and so he says all athletes should be like that so he thinks Ricky Simone uh, should fight uh, Jimmy Rivera and if I'm Ricky Simone then let me tell you, let me tell you something Ricky loves that matchup yes he does that was very confusing yes <laughs> this is why we don't literally Ricky. people should talk, shouldn't talk about themselves in the third person okay but yes Ricky again, likes I, that I, matchup I, a lot. If I'm Ricky, that's what I'm saying. Ricky, Ricky, like, yes, well, I get, I'm in. Excuse me. Uh, I got some quick hits from our email. So, email guys, sorry, I'm going to run you off really quickly because you guys tend to repeat uh, a lot of other. But our email guys give always give great, great, long, well thought out um, picks. Uh, it's just that they a lot of a lot of repeats that we've already mentioned. So, uh, here, so I'm picking the best from each of these guys. Harry Dwoskin, he likes Hernandez versus Frivola. I'm into that. Yep. 
Uh, Tristan says he's open to Gone versus Blades, which we sort of, we sort of mentioned before. Uh, again, it, it, I think somewhere down the road, just maybe not next. Um, Matt Bradbury wants Mazda to go back down to 125, and I love this matchup, and I feel like we've definitely mentioned this before. Him, uh, him. Sabina Mazo and uh, Ariana Lipsky. Oh, God, yeah. That, yeah. that is so, the fight. That's been the fight for a year we, we, yeah, since we yeah, started yeah. the def- show. It's been discussed. It's been discussed. <laughs> and uh, McGahey, Marcus McGahey trying to get on uh, Future Check the Tapes once. Uh, Casteris and Feely. I swear I thought they'd fought, but somehow they haven't. Somehow Casteris and Feely have not fought, right? Yeah, I t- well, it's, it's tough to pair those guys together. I mean, I'd love to see it. It's kind of tough to pair those guys together because although one is kind of trending downwards and Caceres is turning upwards it's like a very similar place in the divisional realm you know what I mean like veteran yeah. guys that yep. you know it's it's kind of like win-win situations when you have an up-and-coming guy fight one of these guys because like if they win it's like great now they're a, now this veteran who's had 25 fights with us is five wins in a row and if he loses like he just beat a guy who had 25 fights in the UFC so Good spot to be in. I would I would love to see how that fight would play out. Caceres versus Feely. Ooh, that's a good one. Caceres' next move is going to be fascinating because I I think he's a guy, he'd be happy if the UFC never, he, he did mention after his fight, he said, give me a top 15 ranked person, I guess. But very, almost very half-heartedly, like, I guess it's time for a top 15 guy. That's it, almost like this is what people do when they go into win streaks, right? They call for top 15 guys. Okay, I'll call for top 15 guy. I also think he'd just be happy if they kept like kept him in that like mid tier like fifteen to thirty range. I don't think he'd complain. He just likes fighting. He likes getting paid for it. He likes learning from you know the, the being the life of a martial artist. I I want to know is there that motivation in him to to want to be uh, a top ten guy? Which sometimes means getting your hands dirty on the mic. Uh, if that if that if that visual makes sense. Um, so his next move is really fascinating because I do want to see him fight a top ten guy someday. I just don't know. I honestly don't know if he cares. You know, what's, you know what's interesting about Alex Caceres? He says that he doesn't, he's not familiar with Alexander Volkanovsky, but he mm-hmm. approaches the sport the exact same way Alexander Volkanovsky right, did right, right. on the come up. Like He's not going <laughs> to sit there and call people out. He's not going to talk yeah. a bunch of junk. He's just going to win fights. And then if he gets to those positions in like merit-based, he's a happy camper. He's not going to sit there and change who he is in order to get there. They're very similar guys, which is pretty fascinating. He's a fascinating character. He has been since the Ultimate Fighter. You know, he was definitely one of the standout personalities uh, from his season of the Ultimate Fighter, and like the results have obviously been a little mixed. Dave, just looking at just looking at just look at the record, but boy, he's gonna you know he's climbing up that uh, uh, all-time UFC appearances list. You mentioned before, next time will be number twenty-five for him. It's just crazy, and it's and again has never fought. I think any like really fought a top contender. So interesting guy. You know, like on those old like '90s sitcoms, like Full House used to do it sometimes. Like mm-hmm. the kids would have like the angel on one side and like the devil on the other yeah. side. I yeah. feel like <laughs> I feel like there's like a person. Okay, there's a person out there. He's like tough and he just does all these things. On one shoulder, it's like Diego Sanchez. It's like the evil, like grumpy one. And then on the other side, it's Alex Caceres, who's like smiling and it's like <laughs> like similar oh. similar traits. But one's just like you can do it, buddy. You can do it. And then the other one's just like, yes, yes, yes. They're just, it's, it both were on the Ultimate Fighter. It both like live the same kind of a lifestyle, but just have different views completely on what this lifestyle actually means. It's hilarious. Diego the Devil and Alex the Angel. Yeah. Remind, remind me to put that in my tweet when we tweet out the show. Check the tapes, bro. 
Check the tapes, bro. Uh, so I'm glad to do DMC. And by the way, I don't think I'll have a reader suggestion of the week this week because uh, uh, I don't know. No, nothing. Uh, no, nothing. Again, and guys, look, I get it. This was a weird card. Again, nine fights, one draw. So really, only eight uh, eight matchups with a definitive result to pick from. So nothing. No crazy matches really jumped out at me. But I'll, I'll read. I'll read uh, these guys out real quick. Uh, Ryan Doherty, who we haven't heard from a month. Ryan Doherty, welcome back. Uh, I, I don't know. Why I hadn't thought of this. He says. And I, like, I don't know how you feel about this. Silva and uh, De La Rosa, just run it back? I mean, yeah, sure. Is it, is it worth running back? Yeah, I mean, I at this point. I would almost book Silva as if she won. Like, I think feel like Silva won. I think it's worth running Maybe it back. Not. I mean, Montana's Montana looks like she might be out for a while. So it all depends on Paula. I mean, her face is Why pretty bad. Why would you bad. say that? Is it the, the massive swelling over her left eye where she couldn't even, she clearly could not see about it for the time the fight was over? Yeah. Do, do you remember do you remember the speech I made about Ashley Yoder after she beat Miranda Granger? No, what did you, what did you say? That I was just like I think she's like still a little green but she's talented yeah. but like she yeah, doesn't yeah. have that like mean streak in her. Like go check check the tapes, go back and listen to that spiel after Ashley Yoder beat Mar- Miranda Granger and then insert Montana De La Rosa's name in that same speech because Montana De La Rosa is tough as hell, very talented, but she needs a mean streak, man. She needs to be able to turn that switch on. And I think if she had, like, she doesn't need to get full on tornado, but just have like a little bit of edge to you. Like have that little bit of extra gear, that sort of violent streak. If she could tap into that in any way, she'd be a really good fighter. Like she's a really good fighter now, but she'd be much more successful. I think she's just... She's too focused on like technique and things like that, and her toughness takes her really far. But if you can find just that little bit of meanness, I think she'd be really successful. Like I think she could be like a top five fighter. I think again, the foundation is there, but that layer in her game that she needs to take herself to the next level, we just haven't seen it yet. I think I'd also like to see the defense uh, bone up on the defense a little bit. Like like we said, she's such a bamfer. That I think she's just like, yeah, clinch, clinch, knee me in the face. I don't care. You're not. She's like, you're not gonna knock me out. And it's like, yeah, you know, Montez, you're probably not gonna. Knock, she's probably not gonna knock you out. But it is gonna, it is gonna mess you up real good, as we saw, like I said, by the end of the fight. And again, be, because she, she's has obviously no fear of getting KO'd. She kind of just walks through stuff. She kind of just uh, uh, trucks through it. That's great. That's not gonna, you know, that's not how you win fights in the UFC usually. Again, unless you yourself have like one punch knockout power, which of course, which I, I don't think she does. So, um, yeah, I think we're we kind of agree. There's there's a mentality shift that needs to happen, both in terms of aggressiveness, but also for me, I feel like um, that aggressiveness has to be tempered with just a little bit better protect protecting that neck, protecting that neck, protect that protect that head, because uh, she's she's really good. But uh, yeah, I'm not against the run back. I think Silva won. I'd rather see Silva move on. But you want to run that one back? I got no problem. Yeah. Uh, Liam Perry likes another veteran matchup, Alf Caceres versus Darren Elkins. Uh, young Rabbi86 coming in with a matchup that we kind of discussed on the previous show. We said maybe if he were to get a uh, top 15 guy, maybe Edson Barbosa. But I'm still holding out hope that someone has the good sense to book Edson Barbosa and Korean Zombie. So for me, Barbosa is, in my mind, Barbosa is booked. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't, I don't care to see anyone else. Uh, I'll skip ahead here. Mitchell Rob. Stan, how do you feel Roddy Lawrence versus Smolka? I'm I'm in for that. That works for me. Yeah, not not a little bit too advanced. I mean, I I think I would pick Lawrence to win, but I mean, in terms of experience, that's a that's a big gap. That's yeah, big I gap. think you know what I I think, huh? 
I think rankings, like meritocracy wise, I think Smolka and Johns are like around the same. But I feel like Smolka could be like a top 15 guy. You know what I mean? Like even higher. I think Smolka's got the ability to do that. Yeah, we always, we say, always this. say this. We've been saying this for like six years. I'll say nay. <laughs> I'll say nay on that. I'll say nay. Okay. I don't think that's a nay. If Ronnie Lawrence fights Miles Johns and wins and does and has a performance like that, give him Smolka and I'm fine. Uh, Michael Piergini had two uh, picks I really liked, one with a little bit of a disclaimer. Uh, a Caceres versus Chikadze, sure. A Caceres would jump at that in a sec. Again, I assume – if anyone's wondering what we're talking about, he did say during media week he does not watch MMA at all. He has no idea who else in his division. I guess he's vaguely familiar with some of these names, so I, I would hope that uh, he would at least know Chikadze's resume and jump at that matchup. That would be a really fun one. And uh, he wants Ankalaya versus the Reyes Prohachka winner. Winner, winner, yeah, Prohaska, the winner, the Prohaska winner. But that's a bit of a long wait. That's not happening till May first, and then you have to. Then those guys have to get a rest. So that would be a long, long, long break for Ankalaev. If you can wait that long, that's a really great matchup for him. That's a really great way to just soar right up the rankings. But uh, more likely, Prohaska, if he won, probably gets a title shot right away. Uh, Reyes, I don't know. Depends how he won. I think if he knocks up Rahachka in like the first round, sure, probably gets a title fight right away. So either way, that that's a long wait and a lot of uncertainty. So I don't see it happening. But if for some reason Ankalaev does decide to wait, I don't mind that suggestion. Yeah, I mean, don't forget, don't forget about Glover Teixeira, ladies and gentlemen. He's sitting right there. Don't forget about that man. He should get the next shot after uh, uh, this title fight. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes. Let's not get it. Yes, that was on our also on our list, by the way. I think of, of dream championship fights we want to see in 2021. Glover deserves his shot. Uh, Barry O'Reilly coming in with Lawrence versus Mirab. People settle through. <laughs> Set down. But seriously, how good how good will that fight be like two years from now? Someday. It'll be amazing. I can't wait. No, no, no. I shouldn't say I can't wait. I can wait. Uh, this is the opposite of can't wait. I can absolutely wait. Guys, come on now. Jeez, Louise. Uh, <laughs> Munoz versus Cruz Kenny winner. That's going down next Saturday. So uh, this Saturday, I should say. So Cruz, the Cruz Kenny winner. I like that. I think Munoz obviously would love to fight Dominic Cruz. Uh, Kenny, that's a scary fight for Munoz to take if Kenny uh, has like a dominant win over Cruz and Kenny is, like, as adverti- is as advertised. That's a scary fight for Munoz to take. I think he would take it, though. I think he would love to take this kid's hype. Um, so I don't mind that. And then uh, Aronsky coming in with one of my – well, actually, one of my favorite matches for Lawrence, which is uh, Ronnie Lawrence versus Khalid Taha. So a lot of people coming in with Ronnie Lawrence matchups. He got, he's got people talking. That's for sure. He has got people talking, and uh, that's all you can ask for in your UFC debut, right? I wanted to read out one message in particular because it is a first uh, – long-time listener, first-time caller, Mike. Okay. Always – I always like to say that. So Chris Baker, thank you for chiming in. Uh, he just says, hey, I've been listening to uh, OTTNO for a few months now, and it's awesome. Uh, I figured I'd give my shot at it. He's like, uh, he likes Cyril Gaon versus Blades. He likes Ankalaya versus uh, Smith if he wins, or the loser of uh, Reyes versus Yidi. And uh, Munoz, he says, should run it back as Font, which I agree, or uh, or fight. Uh, just like you said, maybe probably won't happen because it's his teammate. He, he'd love to see a matchup with Marlon Marais, but again, unlikely. And... Uh, Caceres versus Evloyev. So there you go. He likes that one too. So uh, th- thank you, Chris Baker. Uh, thank you for chiming in. Thank you, everyone, all the readers, for for uh, for firing off your suggestions. Love to hear from you guys. You can reach me at, uh, at Alexander K. Lee on Twitter. At Alexander... Wait, am I 1K or... T- I gotta get this straight. <laughs> yeah. At Alexander K. K. Lee on Instagram. At Alex.Lee at SBNation.com. Mike, where can they get you? 
uh, Instagram, M underscore heck JR. Twitter, very easy, Mike Heck underscore JR. Uh, that's, that's the go-to. So hit us up mm-hmm. on the Twitter, especially when this thing drops. Leave your suggestions. We love just going through them, and we usually will like them or respond to them. So uh, we appreciate that very much. But join us next week for a jam-packed, I assume this is going to be like a super show where we're going to be matchmaking. Two-hour like, episode? So, I don't know if it'll be that long, but it'll be a lot of matchmaking <laughs> ideas, I would, I would oh guess. Uh, there's 15 fights on this card. Yes. Um, and Casey Kenny versus Dominic Cruz is not even on the main card. That just tells you how good this freaking card is. We're doing that one. I'll tell you. We're definitely doing that one. Uh, it's a lot of rank. I think almost everyone who's ranked, I think we have to do. So, wow. This is a good one. So uh, two, UFC 259, of course, the three title fights. Jan Blahovich makes his first light heavyweight title defense against the middleweight champion Israel Adesanya. Amanda Nunes versus Megan Anderson for the women's featherweight title. I'm going to say this now because this is going to be a... Uh, it's gonna be a little something that's gonna carry on throughout the week. Don't sleep on Megan Anderson. I got one of those old-fashioned feelings. I agree. Don't I sleep agree. on her. I, I, I would never. I would not tell anyone to wager. I would say, dude, don't bet on this one. I would say, don't wager. Well, I guess, I guess, when you have a, a, an underdog this massive, I think she's plus seven hundred. Uh, and if you have cash to spare and you like to gamble, actually, this is exactly the kind of person you would bet on. Um, but I mean, obviously, I'm saying that the the logical pick is Nunez. But uh, I, uh, just a plug, Jed and I just wrote a uh, great divide talking about where we, we split up the names, so it's not about who we actually think is going to win. It's, we just split up the names and made arguments for everyone. Uh, so I drew Megan Anderson, and as I was writing it, it, it wasn't like a crazy thing to write. I actually thought it was very reasonable. So yeah, I I agree. I don't I, I Mike, I don't know if I can go as far as say a live dog, but if she won, would it be the most shocking thing in the world? For me, it, it wouldn't be. It would be it would be very surprising, but I think it would be the I the think, biggest second biggest upset after the absurd Shana Dubs and uh, Maria Agap- Maria Agapova odds, which never should have even been that high in the first place. I think the first round and the if it gets to a fifth round, Megan Anderson is very dangerous in that fight. So stay tuned, we'll see what happens. And then of course the one I am looking forward to the most out of all the title fights this month: Piotr Jan versus Aljamain Sterling for the bantamweight title. Good God, what a fight that is! It's just an overall excellent card as it stands right now, and I cannot wait to break it down from a matchmaking perspective on the program. But until then, he is at he is Alex K. Lee. He is the Prince of Positivity. I am Mike Heck. Thank you for listening. And remember, don't take this too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun and more fun will be had next week right here on On to the Next One, the podcast. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.